Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. So before we get into this week's episode, I do want to mention about last week's episode, Don't Look Up. In my episode last week, I compared the plot device used in Don't Look Up to the coronavirus pandemic. Apparently, the official inspiration behind the making of that movie was, in fact, global warming. I think it shows that there is a bunch of different crises in the world, and when you have a whole bunch that are so similar, of course they act in different ways, that you can really think about how it's actually affecting you. My life has been more impacted by the coronavirus pandemic more so than global warming, even though I do live in Florida and we don't really have a winter time at all anymore, which to be honest, kind of sucks. I do actually enjoy cold weather, but either way, I just wanted to put that out there. I compared it more to the COVID-19 coronavirus and the official reasoning behind the making of that movie and inspiration was global warming. We could even say that that's the brilliance of cinema. We can watch a movie and know that it's about a certain thing and have a completely different interpretation and feeling about it. But anyway, it's time to get on with this week's episode. Today marks the return of the Scream franchise to theaters with Scream 5, which is, of course, titled Scream. I'm assuming this one will be one part remake, one part sequel, which is exactly what I like, because why ignore what came before? Go ahead and reboot, but let's acknowledge our past and what came before. Since this episode is releasing today, on the day of the new Scream film, I have not seen it yet. Hopefully it's a good one. I want to be entertained. I actually really liked Scream 4 a lot. But nothing has really topped the first film, and that's for good reason. The first one is almost brilliant in its execution. It goes a little bit too far with being self-referential, but I think we're getting ahead of ourselves and we should definitely announce the movie. Starring Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Skeet Ulrich, Rose McGowan, Matthew Lillard, and Jamie Kennedy. This is the 1996 Wes Craven-directed Scream. Just a heads up on this episode, it will contain spoilers. So if you have never seen the film Scream in the 25 years since its release, well, probably want to watch the movie first and then come back here and listen to what I have to say about it. But anyway, Scream tells the story of Sidney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell, whose mother was viciously murdered, and she becomes the target of a masked killer, the small, quiet California town of Woodsboro, who has a serial killer on the loose, and this killer calls their victims first in an effort to harass them before killing them. Along the way, there is sensationalist reporter Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox, that is writing a book about the murder of Sidney Prescott's mother and winds up becoming intertwined within all the events. Lucky for Sidney and everyone, she's being protected by Deputy Dewey, played by David Arquette, who here is kind of doing his best Don Knotts impression. This all results in a horror film that is a whodunit with Sidney's boyfriend, Billy Loomis, played by Skeet Ulrich, who is the main suspect. So first things first on this one, when I saw this in theaters back in 1996, I actually loved the movie. I thought it was awesome. 
I didn't know too much about it other than it was a marketing campaign that was saying about, oh, well, you'll never guess who the killer is. And I also knew it was a new Wes Craven film, so that was also another reason of why I wanted my mom to take me to see it. When this released, I was right under the age of 12, so I couldn't really recall a film that I went to see like that that had this big plot twist like that, so it was pretty surprising to me. Yes, I knew about the Friday the 13th, Jason's mother, Jason thing. It didn't really surprise me, even though when I was watching this, I always figured it was Billy, but I never guessed that there would be an accomplice to help him out in the film. It was one of those things that even though I kind of knew it, it was still surprising to me, and it was great because I could talk about this one with my mom when we were driving home. We were discussing the various reasons of why he might have been doing what he did and why we thought this might have been him throughout the entire movie. So it's a pretty great memory and it's a movie that I'll always like just because of that. I have seen Scream many times over the years. It's still a good movie. It holds up today. But there's quite a few things that don't exactly hold up. You see, Scream was the start of a brand new type of genre for horror films. It was a, we're going to make these self-referential jokey horror films, fill them with current pop culture references to make them appeal to teenagers. That's also something here that really dates the film. There's a lot of references here that don't really hold up and like modern teenage kids or whatever that may discover this for the first time, they're not going to know who Ricky Lake is, but there is a Ricky Lake reference here. The first Scream film honestly reeks of 90s. The other films do as well for current pop culture things. So in that aspect, I don't think they really hold up all that well. None of them really, but they do hold up from a story standpoint. The other thing that I don't exactly care for is the fact that the Scream series is jokey. They want you to laugh like crazy throughout the entire thing. That's all fine and good, but it also led to kind of a creative drought in the 90s and early 2000s as far as horror films went. They weren't exactly terribly violent or bloody, but instead they were trying to make them funny to make them appeal to maybe people that don't exactly like horror films. Scream ushered in a whole new era of horror, and that's fine. But at that point, I was kind of burnt out on the whole thing. So it was a, while I appreciated the series and the first film, I had to kind of step away from them and step away from a lot of horror that came out during that time because they were all just trying to copy the Scream formula of being jokey as well as including a whole bunch of different pop culture references that maybe people would think were cool and hip. In some ways, doing this can overshadow the good elements of the Scream series itself. It got to the point where I was enjoying the humor, I was enjoying the films, but then I also missed a lot of the more visceral nature of some of the other horror films that I watched when I was growing up. It got to a point where I felt like almost the horror genre and what it's become with as jokey and self-referential as what it was 
maybe it wasn't for me anymore. Maybe I just had to keep watching those classic films such as like Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I wasn't going to get something like that ever again. Thankfully, as it went on throughout the 2000s, the horror genre returned a little bit to the more violent and intense no-hope feeling throughout with things like the Dawn of the Dead remake and the Hills Have Eyes remake, which I think the Hills Have Eyes remake is actually better than Wes Craven's original, even though I do enjoy both. But anyway, back to Scream the movie. We do have an interesting villain here with Billy Loomis, also Ghostface. He is a character that seems to be based off Norman Bates. He even goes and references the we all go a little mad sometimes at the end of the film. He has mommy issues because his mom left him and his father because Sidney Prescott's mom was screwing around with Billy Loomis's father. It's an interesting take on the villain. He also seems to have seen way too many horror films throughout his life, so it's one of those arguments of does the media really affect the person and their mentality? I don't truly believe that, but there was a lot of those arguments going on that are still going on today with the things that our children consume, such as video game violence. That has been going on ever since Mortal Kombat and Night Trap. People still try to bring up that argument today. People still try to blame media for the things that they do, when in fact, they're probably just mentally unstable and affected them in a negative way. I think we can all sympathize with what happened to Billy and how his home was broken up, but does that mean you really need to go on a killing spree? There is no way that it's justifiable. The only thing I can think of is that he was mentally unstable beforehand, and he just used this as an excuse with his mom leaving home and divorcing his father as a reason to commit murder. We could look at the first Scream film in a different light. Wes Craven possibly could have been lashing out at those critics that said about horror films as well as video game media being the reasoning for this. The movie works almost like a parody of the horror genre, and what better way to lash out at your critics than to make a film that is about the very thing that you're being criticized for and your previous films might have been criticized for. My other big criticism of the Scream film is the fact that there's so many horror references here. We even go into self-parody with the janitor at the school, whose name is Fred, and is dressed up like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, we really have scenes like that. They're kind of funny, I guess, but it gets to be too much after a while that it's almost grown-worthy for me. Look at the shirt that Rose McGowan's wearing in the film. It's a number 10, and it's a crop top. Johnny Depp wears a similar shirt in A Nightmare on Elm Street. They make numerous references to Michael Myers, Billy Loomis, Dr. Loomis from Halloween. There's so much of it that it gets to be tiresome after a while. It's kind of fun picking them out at first, but it doesn't exactly work for me when it's rampant throughout the entire film. I get it, Kevin Williamson. You have seen lots of horror films. Congrats, I'm glad for you. I don't think it was wise to include all of this in the movie. A few here and there might have worked a little bit better, but having them rampant throughout the entire movie, it just seems like too much to me. So it sounds like I was really crapping on the movie. I'm not. I think this movie has a great intro. The Drew Barrymore intro to this movie is fantastic. 
none of the other Scream films have really come close to doing a better opening to the movie. The opening is not funny. It's that violent, visceral feeling that I want from a horror film. And it works really well. It's like an iconic scene. I really do appreciate the near hopeless feeling at the beginning of it. I like that feeling of you're getting a weird phone call and somebody is messing around with you. You know, we've all gotten calls like that, probably more so when we had a landline. This scene is made all the more tragic, especially when her parents are essentially right there, but she's stabbed in the chest and she can't speak. She can't yell out for help to her parents. It's a really well done, well executed scene. I wish that the Scream sequels could have come up with something to actually top it, but they never have. Probably never will. I don't think the new Scream film could even come close to an opening like this. As much as I criticize the movie of being drenched in the 90s sheen, this movie captures the 90s annoying teenagers really, really well. The character that Matthew Lillard plays of Stu is super annoying, but I've known quite a bit of kids like that when I was growing up. And as far as being a 90s time capsule, the movie works really well on that. The one character that doesn't really work for me here is Jamie Kennedy's character of Randy. I don't like the fact that he's so over the top. He almost reminds me as if he's playing a Quentin Tarantino-esque character. And I say that because Quentin Tarantino got his start by working in a film rental store. And anytime I've ever seen him in interviews, he's very over the top and somewhat on the annoying side. Jamie Kennedy kind of captures that feeling here with his Randy character and his rules of a horror movie. That right there, that scene is single-handedly one of the worst scenes in the film to me. I, I get it. He's completely right as far as his rules of a horror film. I just really don't like that scene at all because he's very obnoxious with how he delivers it. I guess he's supposed to be obnoxious because he's drunk at the time? I don't know. But the scene itself doesn't exactly work, specifically because even at a young age, I already knew that there were certain things that you are and are not supposed to do in a horror film. I guess it's supposed to be a, a meta way of looking at things, possibly because they themselves are in a real-life horror film. I did enjoy the fact that he's constantly calling Billy the killer throughout the movie. It adds to the humor there. It's one of the few things that I really enjoyed about the character. Because at the end of the day, he was right. You would kind of maybe guess that with his knowledge of horror films and that he realizes that he's practically in a real-life horror film, he himself would have done more to protect himself. Because I don't think his character should have exactly survived the first film even though he does reference that. So who knows, maybe his knowledge did keep him alive. I'm still kind of indecision as far as how I feel on that. Overall, I think the acting in the movie is pretty well done. As I stated, it does a good time capsule feel of how the annoying 90s teenagers actually are, and I guess they still are to this very day. I think Nev Campbell does a great job as far as her Sydney Prescott character. We simply root for her throughout the entire movie. I don't think she deserves all the torture that Billy is putting her through. In terms of horror movies and the final girl, she is a great final girl for this film and for the Scream series. One other thing that I do want to touch on, Billy's accomplice, Stu, 
Stu's annoying throughout the entire movie. They do a pretty good job of hiding the fact that Stu might be the accomplice, even though he does make little references here and there that gives you a clue that he might actually be one of the killers. I like his reasoning of what he would say to everybody as far as why did he do it. He said that it would have been peer pressure. That's actually something that made me laugh and the fact that he's more worried not about himself or the fact that he killed all these people with Billy, that his mom is going to be upset and disappointed in him. He shows very little remorse. I appreciate that because he's a horrible human being, horrible character. Again, it's somebody that really doesn't want to accept what they've done or their actions. If we're going to touch on direction, Wes Craven did a great job with directing this movie. It's possibly one of his best directorial efforts. Some of his movies are a little rough around the edges with the way that they appear and the way that they flow. This one here, everything about it is near perfect from a directorial standpoint in a lot of ways. And I did touch on this with my 31 Nights of Frights, uh, I think from year three when I was going through all the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Scream with its meta approach, it seems like his Wes Craven's new nightmare was a testing ground on this idea. The whole meta idea of how media can affect people as well as their environment, that was present in Wes Craven's new nightmare and I really do feel like that was a precursor to Scream. So if you enjoy Scream, I really suggest watching New Nightmare just to see what Wes Craven was trying to do a little bit later in his career. Sadly, his later day output were mostly Scream films, which was a good thing because a lot of other things that he did after Scream weren't all that great. I mean, I guess the movie Red Eye was okay. Either way, Scream is definitely a classic. It is a classic franchise. While I do have some issues with it, I still enjoy the first film and to a lesser extent the other sequels. I'm curious to see where the new one is going, if it goes with a super meta approach, if it goes with a jokey approach. I don't know. I don't really know what to expect from this new one. It's kind of a shame that Wes Craven isn't here today to direct the fifth Scream film, but hopefully it honors his legacy. I will be looking forward to recording an episode with my thoughts on the new Scream film next week. So that means that I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you don't do the whole social media thing, go ahead and drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. And if you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Tell two friends about it. Or if you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to make new content. But with that being said, be kind and good night.